So to think it's all an intellectual game, uh, I don't think is sufficient. It's, it's not something you can just, it's not just book work. It's not book work. It's, it takes, just, it's the work of your heart and your mind. Yeah. This work we do is heart-mind work, and you can't have one without the other. You can't also have just heart and be like this really strong emotional person, but not do the hard work of figuring out the right strategy, your execution. That's the other piece is we can get all on the intangibles, and that's not enough. You've really got to have both. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of the Stop Decorating the Fish podcast. We're glad that you're here, and my name is Randy Cox. I am your co-host, and across from me is Kristen, my wife. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We came up to go skiing, and I had a guide all set up, but the snowstorm's so bad, I I can't go with my guide, and you and Riley are going to go skiing. So that's good for you, and I wish I could get a ski guide. Yeah, that's unfortunate. You just can't. Yeah, being you blind, by the way. Yeah, I, you can't I get an adaptive it, yeah. ski guide like at the moment. You can't just minute, drive yeah. up there. Um, Real problem. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> but we we you did a LinkedIn post recently where you talked about what we called an intangible about the right mindset and things, and so we we thought we wanted to talk more about that and start to interject more of those things into the discussion, and so it's not all tactics and you know skills and tools but there's like the behind the scenes like what fundamentally how do you have how do you have to behave and how do you have to be as a person and as a leader in order to make all of this stuff effective and so we thought we'd jump to another one of those today you've been doing a lot of work in this area yeah here's some i mean this is getting into personal stuff but as our community grows i i start to feel like our tribe gets us so this will be more on the emotional tr- maturity side of leadership, and I'm going to open up a little bit more about my life. I've been, my father was an addict, and, uh, you know, he's he's sober now, but challenging stuff going on in my life as I was growing up, and I won't get into all of those details, but it came with its own baggage, and I actually recently started going to adult children of alcoholics. It's, I've been involved in this work for a bit, but deeper in the last few months. And it's really been eye-opening for me to look at some of, even though I challenge my own beliefs all the time, and I'm all about that in our world, how I could start seeing my own blind spots going through this work and how it translates into how I do my work in my personal life and my professional life and so all of us I think have blind spots I have literal ones right and blind but we all have emotional blind spots Dr. Goldratt would talk about the biggest constraint in an organization is management time and attention I would add one thing that to that though I would say it's definitely management time and attention but it's also management's emotional maturity so we thought we'd spend a little time talking today about emotional maturity what can block us as leaders, managers, or not even of that, you're an individual player, but in our own lives and in the workplace, how that how that translates. Yeah, it's such an important topic. And I don't think we hear enough about that side of things. So this is, I'm excited for this one today. The uh, first one is like, there's, there's, this may be a paradox coming from a blind woman, but this is like, there's a part, there's some things that we need to see first that we, don't want to see that we don't want to see like yeah. so there's before you can make any progress there's like some awareness that needs to open up mm-hmm. about ourselves and some tendencies we have i think there's we all hear in the world none of this is revolutionary we all hear in the world our ego right 
So there's a part of us, I, I can speak for me, there's a part of me that does not want to hear criticism, that doesn't want to feel rejected, that doesn't want to feel like I'm not good enough, I don't have all the answers. And that part of me can be pretty strong and wants to be very protective, right? And I think ego and all those things are not bad. They're parts of ourselves that are trying to protect ourselves from not feeling those very uncomfortable feelings, that there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough, I've missed something. We don't like to feel those feelings or have those thoughts. So we can just double down on our strategy. We see this with world leaders right now, right? They have a strategy, they double down. It's very difficult for people because you know they don't want to you know, they want to save face. They want to look good. So until we can see that there's that part of us that in the worst leaders we see that aren't willing to look at that part of themselves and just keep acting like what they're doing is great, I think we can see that in ourselves. The first task I'm working on is can I at least see when that voice is showing up about shutting down criticism, shutting down. And this is a journey I've been on my whole life. This isn't the first time I've been working on this work. It's been for decades, but I can see that part of myself more clearly when it shows up to want to shut down any negative feedback or criticism that could actually make me feel uncomfortable. So till we can see that in ourselves, Carl Jung would say, you can't only change the things you accept. And a word for accept could be see, recognize. So if we can't even recognize it or see it and separate ourselves a little bit from that part of ourselves that wants to shut all that down, we can't make the changes. So that would be the first thing. Can you see it? Do you start feeling a lot of defensiveness? Does your mind start justifying yourself? Do you start feeling tenseness in your body? And when we feel these things or have these thoughts, it's just that part of ourself, not a bad part of ourself that's just trying to protect Let's see it. Let's recognize it for it's what it, it's trying to do for us. But that's the first step. It's interesting because as we record this, there's some there's some things happening in the world right now where the people can see some some issues with the leaders that the leaders can't seem to see in themselves. Yeah. And maybe they see it or maybe a they tiny see it, bit, but, yeah. but they don't want to like really accept it yeah. and sit with it and say, maybe I made a mistake here. And that is so hard as leaders to go, maybe I made a mistake. And I think that drives into the second one. Because if we think if we did something wrong or made a mistake, that we are wrong. And we know with our, you know, with little kids, as they're learning to walk, they fall. We don't blame them. We don't judge them for that. But we do it pretty harshly with ourselves. I know I can be my own worst critic, right? I can criticize myself much more than anyone else can. And if we think that we're wrong or what we did was making a, mis- a bad mistake and we can't distinguish the fact that we're learning, we have our own limitations, just because we think we should do something doesn't mean we literally can right now. We may not have all the tools or the equipment and it's the lessons in life that help us build those tools and those insights. But if we're not open to them, we can't build them. So if we think we're wrong, we're very essence the essence of who we are is a fundamentally bad person because we made a mistake i would even not even say a mistake we just have to do course correction if we're not if we can't distinguish that between making a mistake and just being a good person who's trying to learn and grow yeah yeah making a mistake from being a mistake that's exactly that's actually that's like like brene brown that's where the work that she did she talked about how hard that is to make that distinction sometimes Uh, Like, like like you can do wrong, but not 
be wrong yeah. as a human being. Like yeah. you're not, yeah. That's a great one. So, so that's, I think that's helpful advice. You're going to, in your workplace, make mistakes. It is inevitable. And if we accept that fact that it is inevitable that we will make mistakes, that is a fact of life. So when we stop trying to avoid and be perfect and we say we're going to make mistakes, that's where we start opening up to what can I learn from that? But it also, it's, it, it's maybe even harder because if you, you feel like if I show that, if I admit to the mistake or if I continue to make mistakes, then they will fire me or they'll find someone else and then that could jeopardize my ability yeah. to support my family. Yeah. And It's the protective. And yeah. what that means is ultimately you're relying more on other people than on yourself. That's the, that's the reality. If we need so much external validation and we don't think we have our own competency or skill set if to handle a difficult conversation with our boss, if we did make a mistake and have ownership and have a plan of how to fix it, uh, what it really shows is that we don't trust ourselves and that we are relying more on other people to validate us, that they're in charge of our future. Maybe you will get fired, but do you trust yourself enough to find another job? And learning to trust ourselves and our own inner voice is such a powerful place to be because there's a great quote. One of my favorite poems is If by Rudyard Kimpling. I've memorized it, had our kids memorize it, but there's a statement in there to meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. So when we're looking for outside validation, uh, that's good. We, we want outside feedback, right? We want it. But if our who we are in our core is dependent on external validation, that means we're also very sensitive to criticism. And can we learn to trust ourselves enough that hear that, take in what's true, learn from it, and disregard what isn't? But that's really about learning to trust ourselves. And this, don't you think that's even more the case when you step out as an entrepreneur? Oh, like it's, like, it's, like you, yeah, you go out there and like, will anyone like what I'm doing, or is my idea good enough? And and going out and trying to sell my stuff and provide value in the world. And what I found in, in my life is that if it's all about how I'm going to change other people, it's not a really fun place to be because I can't control that. So one of the seductive seven, the last one, you know, is about ex is blaming and accountability. And that's all about relying on everybody else around us for our success, for our life. And we can't control that. The only thing we can control is ourselves. That's all we can control. People don't like your idea. You can either shut down and completely be dejected. And it's, you're, it's, it's real to have those feelings. Like have the feeling. You can feel sad about it. But then can you learn from that and say, what, what did I miss in my presentation? And become a better person. It's not about defending and protecting. It's about learning and growing and always pulling back to what can I control? What, do I trust myself? Hear the criticism? What's true? Doesn't mean I'm wrong, but what's true? What can I take in from that criticism to do better the next time? I don't need the external validation from everyone. I'm doing this because I'm being true to what my own inner compass is telling me. So let's go to the next one. This one is about knowing your limitations. Yeah. So sometimes in, in the workplace or in our personal lives, we feel like we're supposed to know everything, be everything. I'm supposed to be the perfect strategist and operations and data person and love the details and the big picture and the graphic designer and the uh, social media person and the CFO and 
I'm supposed to have all the answers and the work on everything because we've put so much pressure on ourselves and on the managers that we work with to know everything. And one truth is we can't be good at everything. We just can't. We can be good at a few things and many things, and we can know a lot about many things. I have some strong philosophies about data, and I'm really good with data. But there are people that are much better at me than getting into the details and finding the source code and cleaning the data and making sure it can transfer across systems. Much better at me than that. So the first thing is we grow and we're like, look, I, I'm, I'm still good. I'm okay just being who I am. It, and we can see where our blind spots are. Then we can bring and build a team around us that can complement one another. I love to work with people that are smarter than me in the areas where I'm weak and that challenge me and put feedback and give great ideas. We all have superpowers and we all have things we're really good at. And when we're honest with ourselves of what we're good at, and what we're not good at, that gives us the ability to start opening up to building a team around us where they're really good at stuff that we're not and we can complement that. But again, this is based off emotional maturity. Well, self-awareness to know that, you know what, I really, I'm good at that, but I really don't like doing that or I don't even want to do that. Let me find somebody who's like, that's their thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and it's okay to just say, you know, I'm not good at that or it's not something I want to do and I don't know how to do that. Can you say, I don't know? Like just practice it the next month, something coming <laughs> up and just saying, I don't know. But yeah, that, that helps us really build strong teams. Okay, another one is about being vulnerable. Yeah, I mean, that goes into, you know, I don't know. And it, these all tie together. But it's okay in the workplace sometimes, I think, as I get older, to say, I don't know. Or I feel really uncomfortable with your idea, and here's what I think your idea is missing. Vulnerability is about being authentic, showing your real self, which can mean showing yourself as some things that you like and you want to express but don't. You stay quiet on those. If you've been in a meeting and there's something that you wanted to say that you thought was important and you didn't because you didn't want the judgment or the criticism or you thought people would look not like your idea, right? You're shutting, basically, it's, there's a quote from Emerson, my favorite book I read once a year, Self-Reliance, and he says, you know, imitation is suicide, meaning when we're trying to conform to everyone else, even if we don't agree with that, there's part of ourselves that's getting killed off, and the team suffers for that. We need different people around the table expressing their yes buts their concerns what went wrong and i haven't i've been okay with that i'm getting much better at that as i get older that that's okay but you yourself if you're waiting for permission for people to give you permission to be yourself you will wait for the rest of your life so if you're in a meeting and vulnerability means i'm going to say something that may seem disagreeable to the group that it's important for you to do that for yourself, for your own integrity, and it really may contr- contribute to the, the bigger picture. And I'd say it with respect, you know, say it kindly, all those things matter, how you do it. It could be that you have an idea that you want to share and you don't because you're afraid people are rejected. Vulnerability is about being yourself, saying what you think is true, even if other people don't agree with you. So you've got you've to be respectful but your ideas, you have a unique perspective that nobody else has. Your life experience, your position in the world, your genetics, your biology, you can see something and see things that nobody else can. And if you're not sharing that, you need to check yourself a little bit. I need to check, we all need to check ourselves and say, why aren't I sharing? 
there's been times in high stakes meetings that I've been in and I've had concerns about the direction and I didn't speak to that. Now that's been years ago. I've become much more vocal as I've gotten older and I regret that. So you, you literally just like I'm I'm like ten minutes ago. You literally just got a, a LinkedIn DM from a woman who was in a meeting with you where the meeting was going a certain direction and you spoke up and said, No, I have a totally different way of seeing this and here's what and and she said it completely changed the meeting. She was so grateful for you to have the courage to do that because she was on it sounded like maybe she agrees with you and but yeah. like how many of us like we want to say something we don't and then somebody sells it and we're like, Oh, finally somebody said it. Can you be that person? Can you and, and it's all about we're all just we don't do it because we don't like the feelings inside that come up. We don't like the shame, we don't like the feel of embarrassment if we say the wrong thing. A lot of studies show those feelings last for 90 seconds if we'll just sit with them and let them pass through versus trying to avoid them. So there's emotional maturity to sit in those very uncomfortable feelings. When I travel by myself as a blind person through airports, where I can speak the philosophy, blindness is just an inconvenience and all that stuff, I'll tell you, it is still stressful for me. I do not like it. But what I've learned is I can still deal with uncomfortable feelings if I'm doing the thing that's right. Can you handle those? Can you sit with the things you don't want to sit with and be that voice in the room? There's a quote, again, by Emerson that I love. A man or woman must learn to detect that gleam of light that flashes across his or her own mind more than the luster of the firmaments of barge and sages. Bottom line, there's a little gleam of light that comes into your mind, a thought, an intuition, an insight. And sometimes we discount it because it is our idea. And we give much more credence to super smart people that we think are super smart with titles and positions, but they're just humans too. We saw this in the pandemic, right? Follow the experts, follow the science. Well, guess what? The whole scientific method is about questioning even the scientists. There's a, a quote that is kind of common in the scientific field, which the new breakthrough, I'm paraphrasing, but the new breakthrough of science comes when the existing science, scientists die, which is so sad. Because people can be so bent on their idea that we can't even get to the next breakthrough until those people, unfortunately, leave the planet and a new generation has space to question. So question. It's but, okay. Challenge authority, but be true to yourself. Let me, let me, take, let me pivot this because the, the idea of being, there's, there's being vulnerable from, let's say you're, you're one of the people around the table that's maybe more junior there mm -hmm. and and finding the courage to speak up and and share your voice even though it might be different than what the trend you know the mm -hmm. tide is but there's also there's like i don't know vulnerability <laughs> well there yeah but there's also like i'm thinking from the the, the never let them see you sweat approach uh -huh. uh, from leadership as if you are superhuman you do, you have no weakness you you always know what to do mm -hmm. and there is a that's a different take on it but like what do you feel about that like being vulnerable sure. as the as the well, leader i i think yeah you definitely you want to have confidence in your leader but i think courage is acting even with your fear not despite it i find leaders even more inspiring who are willing to say i'm going out on this and here's why here's my rationale we've done a lot of you know, work on helping people understand how to solve the right problem and have the right strategy. And also say, here are the risks. 
and I'm worried about these. Here's the best we've done to mitigate these. I am more inspired by the leaders who can do the hard things and acknowledge that it's hard because I can relate to them, which inspires me to do the hard things when it's hard. This fake thing we have going on is BS and it does damage to organizations in the long run for leaders who are unwilling to admit their mistakes. And leaders who are authentic can say, I'm moving forward with this and here's still my concerns and I'm still doing it. To me, I can't say what's true for everyone else. I definitely want to know that my leader has worked through, has thought through the issues. But even thinking through the issues requires what's wrong with my idea. For a leader who can come out and say, I looked at my idea. Here's where I think the risks are. What do you guys think the risks are? What could go wrong? Tell me what could go wrong with my idea. That's courage. And then you have a better solution because you had the courage to let people poke holes in your idea. That's courageous. So I'm not the guru on this. I am learning it. I've learned a lot over the last couple decades. And part of this journey we're all on only happens when we are relentlessly committed to truth. What's true about the problem we're solving? What's the truth about what's really going on in the organization? And all of that requires that we start with being true about ourselves and what's really going on. Right. So some thoughts. We'd love but to hear from you. there's one more. Yeah. Oh, one more. Sorry. One go. more piece here. And that's, this is something you and I both have like experienced viscerally um, recently. And that is community. And this is something was very lacking for me in particular. And uh, I know you have, you've got a couple communities that you've joined and it's been wonderful so talk about that like if you you have to have a, a safe place yeah it's hard to just do this all in your head in your by yourself and you know none of us i'm not even on my podcast the few things i shared earlier you know i don't know everyone listening you still have to feel like you have a safe place where you're not going to get dinged and banged um, you know i've been in that role before where people have a lot of assumptions about my intentions and it's hurtful and you don't want to open up in those spaces So I think finding a community where you can really be honest about what's happening and be a safe place is important as a leader. Like you said, I've joined a couple communities that are just like an awesome where I can be honest and really talk through what's hard and see my blind spots and and have a mirror where I can have a a safe reflection of who I am and where where my uh, strengths are and where my weaknesses are and just having a safe place like that. So we've actually thought over time of building one. There's a lot for, you know, just mental health issues. And there's masterminds that are all about the business, but we've thought about actually building one of these that are about how to be authentic in the workplace. How do you be your, your best self in the workplace where you have a safe place to process? We'll see what happens with that. But yeah, communities, I mean, what did it do for you, community? And real community, right? Not just real. showing up and looking your best and I have no problems. Yeah, Everything's great and perfect. Not that type of community. Yeah, this isn't built around like, you know, we all like the same hobby or something. I actually I actually put a plug in for Pace. Um, that's what I use. I, I go to a Pace group, which I'm just, I love that, that organization. And so it it has challenging questions that you, you're expected to answer authentically. You have a, a facilitator. You have a small group. Uh, so you can't just hide out and you have a great discussion. Everybody there is a good listener and then but they're also supposed to ask you, you know, questions to to make you think and it's it's a way for you to get out of your head and to verbalize 
and then to you, there's insights that come and then and also just sitting there listening to somebody else and hearing their you know Covey used to say that which is most personal is most universal and so you hear these experiences that other people are having and they may be in a very different life situation be like I'll be like I'll be darn like that's that I felt that that's a that's a very human experience I know what you're talking about and it's very healthy for us but yeah we're we're thinking about developing some cohorts inside of the fulcrum and one member of our team is actually a skilled facilitator we're thinking about doing that in the future where we could maybe pair people up who are in the same boat so that they can share these challenges that they have at their level and talk with other peers so we hope to get to that at some point yeah so i don't know i hope all of you found this valuable if there's nothing else just know you're not alone in this work it's hard it's challenging both mentally intellectually and emotionally so to think it's all an intellectual game uh, i don't think is sufficient it's, it's not something it's, you can just it's not just book work it's not book work it's it not takes, just we can regurgitate back exactly yeah. what dr Ulrich yeah. said or what somebody said it, it's like can you can you get it in your heart and can you are you growing yeah. are you it's the, it's the work of your heart and your mind yeah. this work we do is heart mind work and you can't have one without the other you can't also have just heart and be like this really strong emotional person, but not do the hard work of figuring out the right strategy, your execution. That's the other piece is we can get all on the intangibles and that's not enough. You've really got to have both. So with that, you know, something to think about and I really do love all of you listening. If you're in this tribe, it's because you care and you want to make a difference in the world and we you know, wish you all the best. So thanks for listening today. Yeah, thanks everybody. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with episode 17. So thank you again for listening and we and uh, stopped upgrading the fish.